Hey everyone, welcome to Burn Down and Leave. This week we watched the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, so hide your mother boxes. Today we have Matt Hempke and Brad Levine. Hello. Uh, how are we all doing today? I'm doing good. I am doing fantastic. We're going to start by me saying, as much as I, I went into this going, I hate Zack Snyder more than I hate anybody in the world. I like this. <laughs> I thought this was okay. There, oh. I thought it was way too long, but it definitely was better than the other one. And I thought it was, it, it felt better that it was split up into parts because it felt more, it's not supposed to be feeling like a series, but it, it made more sense than if it didn't. Yeah. Thoughts, Brad? I am definitely, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm a fan of Zack Snyder. There are a few movies of his that I just didn't, wasn't wowed by. I was wowed by this movie. Uh, in one word, epic. I truly enjoyed every moment of this movie. I could have sat through another two hours of this movie. Oh, God. And still, <laughs> and still would have been entertained. Um, I, it, it was everything that I expected and more. I vehemently hated every <laughs> single aspect of this movie with the sole exception of one. I will get into that in a tiny bit. But you know what's really kind of funny? When we organized this, I expected that Brad was going to like it, that Mike was going to despise it, and I was going to be the more middle ground, like, yeah, it's, it, it's fine. I went in going, this can't possibly be good. And then I was like, there's turns and stuff that I thought were interesting. There's three things I hate in all of his movies. Slow motion. <laughs> The emphasis on Lois Lane when she's not super important to, like, the story that's going on at the moment. And then how he treats Superman in, like, his characterization. In, in Keep going. But in this, he I think he ruins each of the characters in turn, especially with how they're introduced. But I'll get into that in a moment. Keep going. The, the Lois Lane thing... I was so angry about it. I was like, why do I have to watch this stupid... Because she's a fine character. I do not like her in these movies. But the way that it played out, I was like, well, that makes sense. <laughs> so then it made me go back on board to her being in it. So I was like, he's flipping things around that made me feel a lot better than I would have. He kind of downplayed Lois in this movie, I feel like. it was She wasn't as central to the story Good. as she was. Yeah, so I feel like that, that I, kind of helped you out a little bit in terms of your enjoyment. I, I happen to love Lois Lane. I like uh, Amy Adams. I don't love his interpretation of Lois Lane in any of the three movies um, that said she was she didn't have a huge impact on this movie which i feel like kind of hurts the movie in a in a weird way cuz it, it, with superman you need more lois right? her being in this the way that she was made her make sense to why she was where she was in the movie previously like setting up why she would even like cuz in the first cut that they released in the theater she batman's like i got lois lane to come hang out with us yeah. and then this one she would visit that monument and uh, i was like that makes sense why she would be there i disagree i i firmly disagree i like the batman big guns thing from the theatrical cut because it just seems so arbitrary that she's there at that time especially when she's like 
for the last time. And then she walks <laughs> away. I just hit the mic. Sorry. Uh, she walks away. And then a little bit later, all of a sudden, he's there. Uh, and she g- comes running back to interrupt the whole fight. It, it seems purposeless. I like the idea. And it's more of the Batman thing to do to be like, I know this person so well, keeping in line with the previous movie, Batman versus Superman, that she is his kryptonite, not actual kryptonite. So I'm going to reverse what I did by bringing them together. And that's going to be what saves him what, in the theatrical cut. One of the things that I, I, I what made this version uh, more enjoyable for me was the emotional uh, arcs that each of these characters had. And especially they, Lois Lane, that there was no emotional arc for her in the, in the, uh, the original in this one, like you saw the effect of Superman's death on Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. I did not get that from the first mm-hmm. one. I mean, there was more like she's she's in mourning. Like she like they they describe she hasn't gone to work. She's going to the monument. Like there was really none of that in the first one. All the scenes with Lois Lane were identical from the theatrical cut, with the exception of one, which was her introduction in the theatrical cut, which was a recut of the. Uh, Martha Lois moment that was reshot for the uh, theatrical cut. Other than that, all the movies in the uh, all the scenes with her in this movie exist in the theatrical cut. What about it's the with same her storyline? Bringing the coffee to the co- to the to the security guard at the monument that was in the original. That part wasn't, but they use what this, I'm referring to. But they use the stock footage of that scene twice in the theatrical cut. They just take the police part out of it. But it, it, it added that emotional yeah. depth. That's what I'm getting at. It I, made it seem like she was doing this for a long time. Yeah. And it wasn't like, I decided today to go here. I And she didn't go there like that day. Uh, Bruce pulled her in in the theatrical cut. I know, but, but that doesn't make any sense. It, it, and, and that was the whole thing. Like There was just no emotion in the original like this one i don't just disagree with that added an emotional story to each of these characters i disagree which with that. added well that's right <laughs> yeah. so i was thinking about this I'm, I'm, i want to throw in the, i mean the, the analogy i'm about to bring up is extremely obvious and has probably been used before but you can get art experts to look at a jackson pollock painting yeah. and you'll get 90 percent of them will say oh this is a, a work of art a masterpiece and then you'll get that group that'll say this is just paint splattered on a canvas why is the what's the big deal about this like you know so you have those two like very uh opposite points of view and that's what i love about movies like you know you get two, yeah. you get movie expert you get people who love movies will look at the same thing and see two totally different things one isn't more right one isn't more wrong it's just that's what i love about movies and with this one it's so polarizing you know you and that's what Zack Snyder does. I think you, Zack Snyder is just a polarizing yeah. filmmaker. You either love him because you like style over substance. And he, it's not that he doesn't have substance. I just feel like he comes at his substance from a skewed direction. Or you don't like him because you really are concerned with the substance and what he's actually saying versus what he's trying to say. I hate him. <laughs> yeah, and I know you, I, do. you Every right to hate him. I mean, you and I know because I've heard Matt. I've heard you speak about you know uh, what you like about Zack Snyder, and one of the things that I totally agree with is that you can take like screenshots of his yeah uh, of his uh, cinematography and just make a painting out of it, 
That's yeah. how yeah. beautiful it looks. If it's there's muted. Some, they're fun, yeah. like it's gorgeous but filmmaking. The, there were some things that bothered me. Like, uh, and actually, I I was able to deal with it after a while. But like the one scene when they're uh, they're talking about bringing back Superman and stuff. They're sitting around. It was in the back <laughs> and, and ba- I think what they did is they put a, a camera on like a circular track and just was going around in a circle and I was getting dizzy, but then it kind of grew on me. I'm like, I like, cause you know, they're oh, the swirling around, yeah, they're them. swirling around, the but Michael it kind Bang of, of the scene, it, it, but it kind of worked because, you know, it's almost like the Knights of the round table, you know, yeah. they're going around and it was, I thought that was perfect. But then when I first saw it, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm getting dizzy here. So I, I have no problem with any of the aesthetic choices by and large, or with the exception of Steppenwolf, any of the uh, aesthetic choices this film makes. The, that's not where I come at the film from a problematic lens. I feel like that same scene that you're talking about was a perfect example of how it was done better in the theatrical cut because they're like, so we got these mother boxes. Everybody thinking what I'm thinking? Let's go get Superman. And then they do. There's no drama there. Killing him is just so, is manufactured drama because there's no point where any of the characters are like, I don't know about this, guys. Uh, In the theatrical cut, they're all like, uh, like, Batman's like, we should do this because it carries on the the faith lesson that he learned at the end of Batman versus Superman. We're going to restore the faith. Cyborg's like, I can do this, but I don't think we should. And everybody else is just like, nah, man, let's not. This is a well, bad idea. Well, they brought that up like after that conversation. Like Aquaman says, like, we yeah. shouldn't do this. And then he, they have the that's computer. That's the only one that says. Well, and also you got the, 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 the ship tells them not to do it. Like, you should not be doing this. Like, there's no turning back. Yeah, like, but from a character standpoint, it gives them nothing to do outside. Let's all right, just stand here and do our jobs, guys. There's no drama there. And if you're making, like, that, the movie stops dead so that they can resurrect Superman for no reason other than to just do it when he doesn't even really play much of a part throughout the rest of the movie. Well, there was whereas, a good reason. They, whereas they, they, Superman's the only one that can kill Steppenwolf. So yeah. they needed to do it to survive. Okay, yeah, but in the theatrical cut, it plays better because the whole theme of the movie is we should bring back Superman, or I wish he hadn't died. Ben Affleck's like, oh, hey, we have a way to do it now. Everybody's kind of offended by that. They do it, and he is the the savior. Superman doesn't even... The movie doesn't even culminate with Superman in this story. No. So there's no purpose to this. I think that when they... Once they realized that the box could do something about it, that's when Batman was like, we're going to bring Superman back to life. And that was like the reasoning. It, like because until no then they had no they had no reason to ever even yeah. think of the possibility of bringing him back. But when they found out that they could, yeah. that's when they were like, if we can bring him back, then we are, should. Yeah, and that's why they decided to do that. Regardless if they could beat Steppenwolf or not, they like didn't want it's because they also knew from the beginning that the only reason that this is happening is because the uh, dark sides like people in the mother boxes found out that Superman died, 
and he was a deterrent. So they were like, yeah, well, maybe we should bring him back because the, he's actively – him just being alive is stopping yeah. bad Here, things from happening. Here's the other problem with that. So they, they have the manufactured drama of we're going to revive Superman in this uh, version with no setup to it until the moment they discover the mother box is capable of doing that through Cyborg in a scene that I really liked. That whole Cyborg backstory thing worked exceptionally well in this film. But keeping going with the whole Superman idea, the mo- they're like, we're going to do this. Aquaman's like, oh, maybe we shouldn't at the moment right before they're about to do it. But before that, nobody voices any concern about it. The movie cleaves itself to a dead stop so that Cyborg can have a nightmare reminiscent of Batman versus Superman where he sees a glimpse of Superman being the bad guy and then... The movie just continues playing as if nothing uh, had happened. Uh, there's no like recompense for I'll that. I'll say moment. that those f- flash forward glimpse things are. Uh, I don't think they should be in these movies. But no. if there's dead stop, yeah. I mean, it's clearly sequel bait. Yeah. To get something, we can talk more about those specifics later because yeah. like there's huge chunks of this movie that has to do with that. Um, I did say one nice thing about this, even though I like it, there's a lot of things that make me crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to talk about the, the cut scenes and this, uh, the flash forward scenes, I guess, or hypothetical. You can talk about them so, now if you want. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like those scenes were to me, at least his decision-making process, like thinking in the hypothetical, what could happen if we bring Superman back? And he's like, it's almost him weighing, like, should, should we do it? Should we not do it? And then he's, and he's showing us the worst that could happen if they bring Superman back to life. And then he acknowledges that and says, all right, the risk is, the, the reward is greater than. Are you talking about Cyborg? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, that, okay. that one scene where Superman, like he comes, he, they, 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 he found us like that, that one scene. Um, I mean, it was cool. That's where we get the Joker, right? Am I talking about yeah. that scene? Uh, that's not what that's the Joker. Not, that's in the epilogue. No, that's the epilogue. I was talking about in the right when they're doing Superman's resurrection. You see, like the, the box dropping. The yeah. box dropping. Then it goes into the first nightmare, where you see a brief glimpse of evil Superman uh, setting up injustice for reasons. What uh, was the exact scene again? Because I'm confusing the two. Cyborg. C- Cyborg is. No, no, the, the the flash forward scene. What what yeah. happened? The it? one is that where right before that box gets dropped, he sees every is he sees everybody dead. That's yeah. okay. And then he sees the funeral. Like uh, he sees uh, yeah, Wonder, Wonder, Wonder Woman in the casket. And then yeah. like this could lead to our deaths. And then um, is Superman holding Lois Lane? Is that what's happening? Yeah. yeah and then li- they have his no scream. That's a direct lift for Man of Steel, and somebody called Snyder out on it, and he was like. What do you want from me? We're uh, filmmaking during a pandemic. And I was like, I feel like that was never there. I feel like that was put in because of the fans. That that scene interrupts the whole movie. That scene was never going to be in that shot in his original cut. This is the fan bait for like n- none of the nightmare scenes were in the his cut of the movie beforehand. That was the reshoot material. I bet there is that like an article written saying that or is yes that- that that's Zack Snyder confirming that he wrote those scenes sent them over to Chris Terrio and he was like yep sounds good and then that's why the dialogue is <laughs> they were a little choppy then. I mean there's no question they could have they, they, the movie definitely could have 
it didn't rub it out. I, but you know, the movie, it's like, this was not done to be released in a theater. So the fact that they put it in there didn't bother me that much. But the I thing mean, was, it, it was done to be released. Not this one, not this, this version. One, but the, that's what we got though. Yeah, but still like the film was supposed to be coming at from like a, uh, a like uh, if it, it never had the theatrical recast of the yeah. director. But that's not that. what we're reviewing. We're not doing like a, a but what the they well because it's marketed as his original vision, yeah. but it's clearly not. That's, that's not. one of my things I yeah. was mad about because I'm like a lot of these decisions feel like you found out later that you were gonna that people didn't like some of the things you did. So yeah. we're because like, but that's fine. You have to remember. Okay, hey, this movie would not have yeah. been made if not for the push by the fans. So I, I, I challenge you to read the reviews of Justice League 2017 in uh, that came out during 2017 and see how many of them graded the movie, knowing that the, this was a second attempt at one movie. Why can't we review this the same way as that one? Because it's, it's a not different fair. movie. It's not it. It you is. have it's to review it argument. as what it is, not what it should be. No, bo- both movies you should argue about as two movies because both movies are an argument about two movies. They are two different movies, yes. my I'm not complaining no. about... I just don't like the fact that he's saying that this is the original vision that he started with. Like, yeah. if, like if, if he would have started doing this and finished it back in 2017, that this is what we would have got. That was not what we were promised, though. That we, is that's what, that's no, what they're not. marketing it at. We're, yeah. it was, well, I think we're not looking. I mean, I'm, I know I'm playing that's semantics the, here. what Snyder Cut was. But, that's, but this is his vision. A vision is a very broad term. So he's we're getting what in theme of what he wanted to give us and then some as a thank you for the, like, thank you for getting me this opportunity to do this. So that's how I'm looking at it. Yeah. And you're not wrong to look at it like that. I'm just, that's just something that was bothering me because I was like, I'm wondering because any movie can be better if you go, well, yeah. And nobody like this. So we can just not do that in this one. And then it's kind of, that's why I said he was a liar because I'm like, yeah. he's saying that he uh, he always thought of this, but it's like, it's fine that you made it the way you made it now because you had the time and you could look back and it would be really stupid not to make yeah. it better. But to say that I made this, this is exactly how I would have made it four years ago is is it's wrong, it's not, not nice, it's not real. But <laughs> also, why is it four hours long? My okay. God. So, and he even addressed that. He said, if this had gone to theaters, it would have been two and a half hours. Yeah, and it should have still been. <laughs> and that's the whole point. The studio, like, the studio wanted him to cut it back to two hours. The fight became about a half an hour of material. When uh, tragedy struck and they brought Whedon in, Whedon agreed to commit to that two hour runtime. And in doing that, you have to pick out the large chunks that don't necessarily affect the overall theme of the film. And I feel like the Snyder Cut doesn't have any one theme. It has multiple themes based on each individual character, but none of them unite. Yeah. I guess the, the theme of this film is uniting, but awkwardly, the film never unites because each character's theme and the story that's trying to tell either conflict with each other or just don't aren't executed well. Batman's whole theme is faith, and the movie literally ends with Batman having a vision of evil Superman, 
where so if his whole point is faith, then how come suddenly the faith is gone? Was it Batman <laughs> having that vision, or was it just a vision? It might have just been a vision. But regardless, uh, regardless of, of how you read it, the whole culmination of that nightmare is a backpedal on what you've done to set up Superman and disturbs the faith that you've given Batman at the end of Batman versus Superman and throughout the entire runtime of this film. I mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I I approach the reason I don't like this movie is because I approach every film that I watch uh, from the lens of uh, creative writing writing standpoint. I feel like the one thing that Zack Snyder has never gotten right is the whole uh, interpretation of his adaptations. All of his characters have always been skewed. The 300, the comic book versus the film. Watchmen, comic book versus the film. You watch Zack Snyder's Watchmen, and that movie reads as if uh, uh, Rorschach Rorschach is the main character and a heroic figure, and he's not. That is a misinterpretation of the text. Well, I think with Watchmen, he he chose, all right, (laughs) what is the most... He did because it's cool. Yeah, like like what's the coolest character? <laughs> yeah, and and made that the center point. But m- making Mistakenly that character so. a heroic figure and never condemning him is where I take. Well, issue. they condemn him by killing him. But we're getting no. off topic because yeah. this, this isn't a Watchmen. Super <laughs> Man of Steel is a complete misinterpretation of who the character of Superman is. The theatrical cut of Justice League was course correcting him to be more comics accurate. Uh, Wonder Woman in this film is what ruined me. Uh, the scene that uh, just broke me entirely is Super er, Wonder Woman fighting the terrorist. Her see uh, like the the machine, machine guns gun going. She blocks it away. Plays out exactly as it is in the theatrical cut. I loved it. I was on board. <laughs> and then she d- goes a step further. Disarms him. And then does the God Killer cuff yeah. slam, obliterates him from existence, <laughs> just fucking gone. Then takes another step further, turns back to the crowd. There's one girl who's looking concerned. Everybody else is like, thank you, Wonder Woman. And she's like, what is wrong with you? And then uh, she was like, I want to be like you when I grow up. And she's like, you can be anything you want. Telling the audience from a child's perspective that this is an aspirational figure and the violence she just committed is an aspiring thing that you want to do and should be looked at heroically. But wasn't he, wasn't he about to just kill a kid? It doesn't she, matter. It doesn't what matter. Was, so it's either kill a kid no, 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 or no. let him live? You misunderstand. The whole point of that scene is telling the audience that what she just did was an aspirational thing to do. The problem is, is yes, that like he was going to kill a kid, but what was the sole core message at the end of Wonder Woman? Wonder Woman isn't Wonder Woman until the final scene of Wonder Woman when she takes on Ares. That's when she learns the core message of love and compassion win the day. Then cut to, it had this gone theatrical in 2017, five months later, cuff slam, boom, and he's gone. The whole core message of Wonder Woman 1984 is the same thing. It's carry through of, uh, of the whole message of, uh, of love, so much so that she wins the day by having a conversation, talking out uh, what's going on with the bad guy. People didn't like Wonder Woman 1984 because she didn't get into a fight with, uh, with anybody besides the kitty cat. Um, I agree with most of what you're saying, although... The thing that made you fall off the movie made me get a hundred percent on board with it because oh. I was like, 
He could, she could have easily just stopped him without killing him. But the fact that she blew up half the building to kill him for no reason other than that it would be cool looking because Zack Snyder likes to make things look cool. I'm like, I'm on board. Sign me up. This is going to be that I, kind of movie. That was when I grabbed a notebook and I was like, all right, I'm sitting down. We're assessing each moment. That, the, <laughs> the introduction of Aquaman, the real introduction, not when he and Batman meet, is another huge problem. You have him. It's exactly the same as the uh, theatrical cut, except the needle drops different. So he goes, oh, saves the guy. <laughs> and I'm getting to that. He saves the guy from the boat, slams him up onto the countertop, and he's like, he, uh, he grabs a, uh, a whiskey or whatever, slugs it back, and he's like, He's paying for it. Then he goes out. In the theatrical cut, the needle drops on Icky Thump with uh, the White Stripes, just that badass song. Now it, the needle drops on uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. I love, I love that song. Uh, singing the refrain of uh, the, There is a King while he walks slow-mo into the water, saying that the scene that he just did is an aspirational figure. I like So Zack Snyder's obsessed with Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand's whole perspective is a me-first mentality. The most heroic aspect of, uh, of Ayn Rand's philosophy is that uh, self-preservation, self-minded, uh, selfish-mindedness is a, a positive trait. And that's exactly what, uh, what Aquaman does in that scene. He selfishly saves this guy, takes the wa- uh, whiskey, and he's like, this guy owes me, so he's going to pay for this. And then he goes off, and then like we have a harmonious singing of there, there's a king as he walks into the ocean. Like, F that. Just no. It's just unfortunate that you, that you went into looking at went into this movie with a very concrete view of what these characters should be, as opposed to just letting the filmmaker I, give us his interpretation of it. I'm no, so, uh, you, mean, you have every right to not agree with it. He made the mistake of going in this movie thinking that it would be represented in a way that made sense in your mind. Yeah, because you wanted to be like. This is the representing this. Everything he does is to make it look cool. Yeah. So if you went into the movie going, well, he's saying that kids should aspire to blow up terrorists, then like, that's your fault. (laughs) 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 So here's the thing. Like, you, you have to... The movie asks you to think that this is what's different from Zack Snyder and Michael Bay is Michael Bay asks you, please just don't think, just accept what's happening on screen and enjoy it. I just don't happen to operate that way. Zack Snyder makes movies where he wants you to think. He delves into issues of psychology and stuff like that. He's asking you to think. And the problem is when you do activate your brain to think about what you're watching and make assessments of what's happening on screen, he's presenting bad ideology. Are you saying that he acts like he's smart and trying to present smart things, but then isn't doing it very smartly? I, I, I do think he's a smart man. I just don't agree with his uh, his philosophies. Like, it sounds like our political ideology, because he's very much on a pro-liberal ideal streak right now, uh, like sounds like we're in alignment there, but we have completely different or conflicting ideologies about how we go about our daily lives and stuff like that. It has to look cool. It has to have like a message underneath it, <laughs> I but certainly it's like don't. barely a message. Well, I think everybody don't walk into the world saying, I need to look cool. <laughs> well, so one more thing before you can say something, Brad. He also, the way that he directs films to make it like very 
look like it's supposed to be intriguing and like stimulating your brain. Yeah, he can make it look like that, but at the end of the day, that's not really what's happening on the screen. And then if yeah. you get that conflict of interest, like yeah, like you were saying earlier, you can take any still from this movie and it can be like a painting. Yeah, he's a great filmmaker in the sense that he can visually represent things, but his style visually and his style mentally are two different systems. Yeah. Because, like, it could be, like, if he directed, like, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, it'd be, like, dark and gritty, but it would still have, like... That would actually be pretty cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? It would look amazing. But then you'd be like, this is a movie for kids, and Sonic is, like, shooting a gun <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> That's another point. So this movie's rated R for no reason. I agree other with that. Than I like, there was no reason this movie should have been rated R. I liked it because you get to see all these people get chopped in half. And, yeah, but they, I mean, people get chopped in half okay. in the Avengers, I and that's not rated R. Out. One of my uh, big, huge complaints in this movie is uh, is a scene where he added digital blood. I hate digital blood to begin with. He popularized it with 300 first, uh, and then it kind of carried on. Now, if you're going to give me blood, give me effing real like blood. geysers like, uh, like Tarantino or Sam Raimi. Speaking Rain. of the blood. But, uh, so... The scene where we're introduced to Darkseid is hilarious because they put a digital David Thewlis on the most muscular human being I've ever seen in my entire life, and I could not help but laughing out loud. But that scene is like the stupidest contrivance in the world because Ares is the one that almost kills Darkseid. In the previous film from when this had come out, which would have been Wonder Woman, you have Wonder Woman solo killing Ares. And you're saying that this is the big bad, but she already killed the guy who almost killed the big bad singularly. It takes any threat away from Darkseid in that moment. I liked the theatrical with Steppenwolf in that same scene. Well, because that- the, at least Steppenwolf is never injured in that scene. His uh, minions just see that he's going to be overwhelmed and then just pull him away. Uh that scene makes more so, uh, sense. You you see that Steppenwolf is a constant threat or whatever. It's an ever-rising tension, even though that film has none. Um, whereas this, you're following Steppenwolf, who's the minion trying to appease this guy who got almost slaughtered by the person who was destroyed by Wonder Woman in the previous movie. That's just dumb. Lift your mic up just a little bit. <laughs> All right, I, I want to shift. Turn. I, I want to shift topics a little bit here and start off with like with things like didn't bode well for me when I first started watching this movie, and then I just forgot about it, which was kind of okay. <laughs> Why was this movie portrayed in a four three aspect ratio and not sixteen nine? Like why? I, I have an answer for you. Well, but I want I want to give my theory. Yeah, All right. okay. B- I'm before I hear the same theory. Well, I don't think it is. Okay. Uh, this is just my theory. My theory is that the aspect ratio distinctly separates this version from the Josh Whedon version. Mm-hmm. Like you watching this, all right, it's four three. You know it's Zack Snyder. Like there's no other reason. Like this style. Like in the beginning, there's a message. Like <laughs> this is shown in four three to, to go in line with Zack Snyder's vision or whatever it was. No, like there's no reason for it to be that way. Like a wider screen, like you can show more picture, like you can show more. There's no. I want to know I'll why. I'll explain this, but yeah. so, Mike, let's hear yours. I know the reason he said. Okay. I, is, what you said is what I thought. Okay. Because I was like, he doesn't want somebody to take his movie that he made 
and splicing the parts of the J- Joss Whedon version that work better, like you think work better, to make like this conglomeration, definitive like definitive cut of a movie to make it like this is what all the fans love or whatever. He wanted it to be like, you can't do that because he was. Right, so it kind of goes along mm-hmm. pretty yeah. much. So, you know, like a distinct difference. Yeah, because you wouldn't I, be able to take the four yeah. by three one without it like messing up the Correct. other one. So. I like your interpretation. And I, I like, I do think you can distill both movies down to a movie that actually is good. Um, but uh, so the reason that Zack Snyder claims that he did this was he always intended it to be this way because it, uh, he said <laughs> superheroes are characters that you look at and you should look at them tall, up and down. That. And he's like, when you, there's no reason to spread it wide. And I'm like, that makes zero sense. No, like, yeah. no, like you just shoot them taller in yeah. a wide screen. <laughs> like you can still get the same frame that you wanted in a wide angle. Well, he's got that thing like uh, he, Christopher it, Nolan's with his like audio mixing. Yeah. It's superior. Yeah. Everybody got widescreen everything because it's better. Yeah. Like yeah. There's yeah. A reason every possible it. way. And then you're going to tell me that you want to bring it back to four by three. So you have a little tube TVs again. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, but yeah, this movie would look like, great on my yeah. 1950s black and white this TV. This would be awesome on the IMAX, which is yes. what he wanted to do. And supposedly somewhere down the line there will be a IMAX release. I don't know if it'll get it. Probably will because it did get quite a bit of buzz on, on the internets. But I don't know. I just think, just very generally, hands down, this is a better movie than the original. Oh, like, yeah. like There's just no comparison. Like and and obviously, like other people think that too. If you look at the Rotten Tomato score, even though that's a little bit misleading, because yeah, like, a, a Rotten Tomato score of like fifty four is positive, and that's just oh, I I kind of like the movie. If you look at yeah. the net star breakdown, which I did yesterday, it so it's getting seventy five percent on Rotten Tomatoes as of yesterday afternoon. When you look at the net star rating that's averaged out, it's getting a six point five, which in my book is a D. Six point five uh, out of ten. Out of ten. In Europe, that's a D. No, sixty-five percent. That is a D. Uh, so yeah, um, that's the. So even well, though we're grading like, on a curve here, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Compared yeah. to all the other DC movies that I don't like, I will put this on two now. Oh God, no! This Jesus. is my second favorite one. Oh, this is my second least favorite. I just one. can't see how someone could like the original. And not like this one. Because characters are consistent with how they, uh, consistent with their moral breakdown. The only uh, character this movie improves, the only one is Cyborg. Okay, let's, 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 let's pretend, let's pretend that this is how they are in the comic books. Would that make the movie more enjoyable for you? Because I wouldn't like the comic books, no. I, you wouldn't, okay. Yeah, so, <laughs> so like, well, I mean, I don't like the Marvel comics, but I love the Marvel movies. Yeah, but, th- and that's a good, th- I'm glad you brought that up, okay? So Iron Man is an excellent example. If you read a comic book with Iron Man before 2008, pr- before 2012, Iron Man does not behave at all like he does in that film, that first film. That first film is a masterpiece of, uh, of character. It's a really good movie. It's no a great movie. And it's, I don't dislike this movie because they changed the characters. If I, if Didn't that John were the, Favreau write the original Iron Man? No, he just directed okay. it. Okay. Who wrote it? Uh, I can't remember. It was written by like eight people. Okay. But that's surprising. So, like, if, 
you look at uh, Aquaman as a good example. This is not my Aquaman. My Aquaman is clean-cut kid uh, with the blonde hair. However, I liked the Aquaman... Horse, the fish hook. Yeah, I, I like Aqua, the Aquaman movie for what it is, even though that isn't the character that I like from my comics. The movie is consistent in character and tone, and it presents a film where I can agree to it. I like Batman versus Superman, even though I don't like the incarnation of Batman or Superman in that film. I happen to like that movie because the movie itself is telling a story about an agnostic man's journey towards either atheism or theism and consistently tells that story in a way that was interesting to me. However, most people didn't seem to respond well to it. I loved it. I have a question for Brad. Go ahead. Um, this is one of the things that I thought wasn't his original vision, but what did you think? One of my favorite things of the original cut was the Superman revival and portrayal. What did you think about his black suit in this? It, it's honestly, there, it was, there was no like motivation or purpose for it. I just think he did it because it's cool. Yeah, it didn't uh, feel kind of weird. And it, it didn't feel weird to me because I I like the, I'm used to that like when the death of like yeah. the, when the death of Superman came right. out the comic that was a very pivotal or seminal moment in my life in terms of me liking comic books. I remember my dad bought me that comic book when it first came out. So I have a lot of sentimental value uh, sentimental attachments to it. So I'm used to Superman wearing the black suit right after he's uh, uh, resurrected. So to me, it was a natural progression. Okay. I just thought it like it just happened. There was no like rhyme or reason to it. It was just like, all right, this is what's supposed to be, which I was fine with. It was like, I didn't have any issues with it. To move forward to the second part of that question. Do you think the black suit for the final fight scene made him look more menacing and evilish, or do you think that's they were just trying to show that he was like more ruthless no i i, I didn't get any of those feelings it was just it's the same same story you can paint superman any way you want it's still superman him shooting those lasers as much as he did i was that was i'm like that was harsh really that was harsh guy up for like he did that in theatrical, though. Like, he beat him he down, uh, stood over him, and then did, like, the head slam forward where he's just blasting him with his laser vision, and then he continues punching him. It's the same oh, okay. shot. Okay, so I'm like, I think the black suit made me think that he was mean. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they went a little bit too far when he was just resurrected, and he literally, like, almost kills Batman. Like, like, so, like yeah. that was, cr- I was like, I, wow, if he didn't have that... Like energy dissipating gauntlet, we would have been like. I had I so did either of you have the moment where you were shocked that as much of the theatrical cut was part of this movie as it the was? Things I was ex- that yeah. I thought weren't made by him that were in this. I was like, wow. Yeah, like <laughs> I there, there were I because I graded the first film on a curve. I my original review of that movie, which is up on online, I gave the theatrical cut three stars because I was like, at the end of the day, That's it's crazy. good course correction, and I liked what they out did with five, Superman. Four. Out of four, three out three of four. Three out of five. 
three. That's crazy. And you gave this one and a half out of four. And I stand by that's that. That's crazy. crazy. So that is just were, crazy to so me. So there were problems that I had with that first one that I was like, this was made by two people. It was made by somebody who had to do less than a month's worth of reshoots. And so when Batman meets Aquaman and uh, they just cut to the uh, cut corners to have Aquaman just know that Bruce Wayne is Batman and is just calling that in front of the Icelanders, uh, like... I was just like, uh, whatever. They had to uh, trim scenes to cut a long movie down short. So I'm oh, sorry. I'm, I'm going to let you continue. I just want to throw in here. Why do you make concessions for Josh Whedon, but not for Zack Snyder when it comes to giving the fans what he wants? So here's but the you thing. Can get, no, no, no. Tell me what your thought was. I'm just throwing that out there. I gave the concession <laughs> that time because I assumed that was a reshoot, uh, reshoot scene. When I found that the exact same scene in this film is in there untouched, and I didn't like it the first time, and it's here, untouched now, that cut corners in this movie. I'm like, well, goddamn. Like, this is just... Wait, which scene are you talking about? When uh, Aquaman first meets Batman directly outside of the bar. Yeah, in that bar. So, like, in the bar, then outside, and then he's just like, sorry, Batman, I don't know what to tell you. And then he's like, it's the same exact scene. He just suddenly knows he's Batman. Uh, there's no, I like that. W- there's like little jokey banter between the two of them. I swore that was a Whedon scene and I, it wasn't one that I particularly liked. Same thing with, uh, when, <laughs> when the flash. Oh, I was going to bring that up. You're bringing, I know exactly what you're talking when about. When the flash is like, Hey Batman, that's your sign. Oh, oh no, different scene. Never mind. That's your sign. I thought that was a Whedon line too, just throwing jokes in. And I'm like, they this movie has no interest in keeping anybody's secret identity. However, it makes the secret identity a thing throughout the film. Why don't they just drop it like the MCU? That was just bullshit. Well, the well I just want to go, go ahead. Sorry. The reason that Aquaman interacts with Batman is because Batman is there specifically telling him that he's Batman. He doesn't in the scene beforehand. He comes outside, and then they both know. You don't think they talked on the way? Yeah. But that, <laughs> that's what my point is, is that seemed like it was a reshoot scene, right? To cut corners to get the more concise scenes. I don't know. I, I so just I figured had, that he talked on the way out and said, hey, I'm Batman, by the way. I didn't like that scene when I first saw it in the theatrical cut, and I really didn't like it uh, when I discovered it was from this cut, because I was like, are you kidding me? I gave it the concession, the original cut, some concessions, because... So it now was the original cut. You're reevaluating now. It's I think you gave the original time. cut concessions because Josh Whedon's name is attached to it. No, and <laughs> I, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm I do kidding, think Matt. that I'm only kidding. I do think that uh, some of Whedon's changes are for the better. I I like the scene between Lois Lane and Martha better. I like the uh, scene between um, the. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting distracted. Uh, I like the scene between um, the whole group and the scenes. Uh, we talked about this in the, the Wonder Woman podcast. One of my favorite scenes in the, the Justice cut is Batman and Wonder Woman having a private conversation where Batman realizes that he's more alien than the alien that came to this planet. That's something that was interesting, never explored on film. Batman doesn't get explored at all in this movie. Like, you don't... It's not a Batman movie. It's not a time to have... Yeah, Batman it's anyway. four hours long, and they have... I don't yeah, feel like I know... Because more? Because I don't <laughs> feel like I know any of these characters besides Cyborg. And, that, like, even The Flash. The Flash we're introduced to when he's grabbing a weenie out of the sky. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I want to talk about that, but Brad had something he might well, have Well, I, I was going to say, there's Uh-oh. one... Uh, Night Rider. <laughs> There's one joke. 
<laughs> as Michael Knight pulls up. There's one joke that's missing from this cut that that was in the Josh Whedon version that I love that I was a little upset that we didn't get when uh, the flash uh, is running into the, the to save uh, Cyborg's father. And he's running down to give one, to get wonder woman, the sword and he oh. falls on top of wonder woman. I hated that. joke. <laughs> oh, I loved it. It was just, it, that's it was, a recycled joke from uh, every age of Ultron. Well, let it be recycled because it was freaking funny as hell. And I was disappointed that it wasn't in here, but whatever. So uh, that's, uh, that's another scene where I like the, uh, the theatrical cu- uh, cut better because you have flash running back and forth on the stairs in the Snyder cut not helping any of those people that are fleeing. And he's like, come on, guys, let's go. And then he's just like running back and forth, back and forth, not doing anything. It's like, you're the hero. You should be saving them. This is a continuation of Man of Steel where heroes just don't care about the civilian life. I liked in the theatrical cut where Batman's like, save one. And he's like, what? Like that, watching that from a studio perspective they, uh, where they're like, what are the problems with this existing cut? What can we use and what should we change? That's a, a good moment to change because it gives Flash something to do in that scene, and it establishes that he's a, establishes his character. He's a, he's a he has these heroic abilities, but he's not a hero yet. He needs to discover that, and it kind of uh, makes sense that Batman would be the one to do it because he's the posit for Robin the Boy Wonder in in the theatrical cut. He's he's kind of like a a young Robin which they've established in Batman versus Superman that Joker killed. The scene you're talking about specifically is the reason why I thought that he, that's why they did this aspect ratio. Yeah. Because I'm like that. I agree him being told, I don't know what to do. I'm not like a good fighting. And then being told, Hey, like just go and save somebody and you'll know what to do after that. And then him actually saving people was a good, like an actual good scene. And I'm like, all they'd have to do is cut out the scene with the stairs and put that in there instead or whatever. It wouldn't yeah. be much of a difference if you spliced it. And I'm like, yeah, they wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. I want to say I had to fast forward through part of this movie because it made me so have so much anxiety. It made me ill. What was that? The scene where the Flash is doing his job interview and mm-hmm. then that car accident happens oh my god the music there and him slow motion trying to save uh i can't remember the actress's the iris west yeah his future wife or whatever or girlfriend or something yeah i had to fast forward and i i it's a minute and a half long why did you have to fast forward i could watch him bad that music and that him being like a weirdo and i just saw like the cuts and he's like folding her arms and like i'm like i can't, I can't well, what about this. quicksilver like when they did it, he pretty much does the exact same thing no that's the difference though it's not like slow depressing like weird yeah. music that made me it was making me sick because it was like quicksilver allowed you to have fun you had a little fun but <laughs> this one he doesn't know this girl and he's like and the music's like love at first sight. And he's like treating her like he loves her. And I'm like, I don't, you don't know her. And then there's like hot dogs flying around her. And I'm <laughs> yeah, like, that was so and weird. And then the music is like, 
not in tone with the hot dogs. I it was just making me super nervous. I didn't want so I, that's the only thing I fast forwarded through because I was like, I know what's gonna happen. He's gonna save her. I can't watch this, and it just kept going and going. And I'm like, is this never gonna end? A minute and a half long, slow motion. Yeah. The Flash in he's in slow motion while time is stopped. Yeah. It's uh well his his ability like he, they kind of talk about that how yeah. it's not really moving ultra fast as opposed to him manipulating the speed force. Yeah. So it's a little different as opposed to like Quicksilver who just runs really fast. Yeah. So I'm just saying that the shot was in slow motion, and yeah. that also made me nerve upset because I don't like slow motion as much as he puts in there. And then it just had every it checked off all the boxes of anxiety for me. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, the, oh, go ahead. the that scene is a, an important one to me because that was another turning off point. The heroes only save people in this movie. We talk about this in the Wonder Woman 1984 one. The heroes only save characters in this movie they don't care about any civilians and that's a problem these are heroic figures none, none of the non-named characters have a moment of of saving in this film uh except for wonder woman in that one scene that i was just repulsive to me um, <laughs> well their act of of defeating steppenwolf is saving the entire human race the last movie that did a a, a saving people scene was 2017's Justice League. Like it, it, in all the Marvel movies that have come out after Age of Ultron onwards, that they, they're saving each other or they're saving other characters. They're not saving people. And that's what heroes should do. I, I want to address that and then bring up another point. The individual superhero movies kind of lend to that. The threat level that needs to happen in, in a movie where you have a team up needs to be bigger than just saving one person. Yeah, but what about Age of Ultron, where Captain America is like, we are not leaving this rock until every single person is off of it. And then you spend 25 minutes of them That's, pulling people out of cars and sending them down safely. And Wonder Woman, she saves that town and yeah. like storms the trenches. Yeah. Like, but that's, that's, an indivi- that's an individual movie. The, the the Age of Ultron is more of a team up. Yes, I get it, but still, it's that movie still wasn't. It was more contained a little bit. Like this, the the threat level was world annihilation. Well, so what we're saying, it's not individual yeah. saving. I, but I know because what it's, it's just because it's world annihilation. You should care about the people. It's, this is establishing them as caring about people. Well, so in the 2017 cut. The Flash is saving people, and it's just like it's such that, a little thing yeah. that can elevate your appreciation, appreciation of the character, yeah. I guess. Like, if you like, okay, they do. It's just, it's not like when you don't have it and you've seen it before, sometimes it, it just feels like, wow. We've seen Superman save people. We've seen Batman save people. We ha- we've seen Wonder Woman save people. The only people we haven't, the only, we haven't seen Cyborg or The Flash, and they included that. So he's saving I'm characters in, from this story. Okay. We're just saying it's fine. In, like in random general. people. Yeah. Like you want to see him yes. save random people. That's what a hero oh, does. Okay. I want there to be other people in the scene. You don't make a nine 11 movie and have the police only save Keanu like char- <laughs> yeah, characters that they know you have them save everybody from the buildings that are collapsing. You know what I mean? There needs to be people in these buildings to save. <laughs> yeah. The majority of this movie is there's, other than like the like, yeah, there's Atlantis and there's uh, the Amazon Themyscira. 
there isn't really any humans <laughs> anywhere. I mean, it it didn't take it anything did, away from me. I do um, want to talk about Cyborg because I I've talked about a lot well, of my at, negatives before we get to that because we've been talking about Flash. So I just want to I just want to can, can yeah, I just talk about part. Flash for a little bit? Yeah. So one uh, an obvious addition to this that wasn't in the the Snyder cut is the Flash going back in time yeah. to kind of redo you know, what had happened, which I thought was a great addition because it kind of leads I, into Flashpoint. Yeah, I, so I like that too, but they did nothing to set it up. Like, for for me anyway, having read the comics, I get what they were doing and I, and I dug it. Not a reader of the comics. Uh, Mike, did did that play for you, or were you like, "Why the hell is he suddenly turning back time?" Superman well, I already style? knew that he could. Okay, but I, it didn't play for me in a way that like didn't. I'm like, so he. I think he already knew he could slightly alter events. Yeah. Like he could, like he could go so fast that he could like it made time turn around. But I don't think he knows the extent of how far he can go. Yeah, well, I would. Do the whole he, voiceover then, kind of. Yeah, and the, then he does that. So he does that with the mother box. The mother box is the first. And then introduced. he was like, I have to do like this way more than I've ever done it before for the end fight. And then I'm like, yeah, this is a good progression of him. Also, I don't like his how his character acts in this movie. Yeah, I think he's I. the most annoying person in the world. I, I would say that for both movies. But I would say that in this specific version, he becomes less annoying and yeah. more heroic. I agree. And yeah. under, like so, I'm like, I'm fine with the, what his, they did. His end heroicism worked for me. His heroicism in the middle of the movie worked better in the theatrical cut. Um, I think his character is kind of the weakest for me. I, I do want to talk about Cyborg though. So Cyborg is the the big reason why this movement kind of happened more recently. Um, and I would thought he was exceptionally good and I thought most of his uh, beats especially the the dramatic ones paid off for the most part and I get why Ray Fisher was really fighting for his character's preservation because without some of the scenes that got taken out his character is just kind of there he's just there however if you're looking at it from like the studio perspective of trying to conserve time the the mother boxes are a case of diminishing returns, right? You get this epic pass the baton scene for the first one. You get a kind of interesting battle in uh, Aquaman land Atlantis for the second one. And in the third one, he just kind of picks it up. And this, the only difference between the theatrical cut and this cut is Silius uh, 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 dies, which he at the end of the day, he was just shooting a laser. So I don't know why he had to be in that room anyway. So that scene, like, Silius is kind of an interesting character and their their bond together was interesting. And if you lift that scene out, you still have Silius as he's shown at the end of the theatrical cut of Justice League as being still alive uh, and giving Cyborg a more comics accurate suit at the end of that. You lift that scene out and then you lift some of the surrounding scenes, you take out 25 minutes of runtime. So that's why I think they did it. But it hurts his character in the theatrical cut. Yeah. I really liked what they did in this. And I think you can make both movies work and just leave that stuff and the acquisition of the mother box because it's just picked up so ignominiously anyway from this cut and place that in the, uh, the, the original cut and you have a better product. What do you think? I, I love the cyborg storyline. Um, yeah. It, it, 
made the movie much more enjoyable. Um, you can kind of see why he was so upset. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, le- leading up to this release. Um, of course, there were, he had a lot more accusations going on. That's a podcast for a different time. Yeah. But like, I, I don't think his motivation for complaining was that I was cut out from the movie. I really feel like he definitely had some real issues that he was upset about. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if, if you're going to complain like, oh, you cut my character, forget about being casted again in the future. <laughs> I mean, I mean, everyone at, winds up on the cutting room floor now. You know? At the end of the day, I think that was what the start of his accusations were, were that he got cut out of the character and he thinks there was gaslighting going on if, behind If his that. motivation for complaining about Josh Wien is that his character was cut, I lost a lot of respect for him. And I don't think that's I, the case. I had the opposite reaction. I, I see that as like, that's self-preservation of character. And yet, like, it had the 2017 one come out, the, the justice cut come out and taken the nation by storm, which it didn't, but had it happened, he, based on that cut, still probably wouldn't have gotten a sequel. I feel like, uh, but he didn't say anything because there was potential. Coming out with it now that there was no potential and the Snyder Cut was coming out and people were actually going to see what happened, that's what made him feel comfortable enough to talk about these things. But he still is approaching it, I feel like, from preservation of character. And he he should. This movie harbors a much more interesting role for him to play uh, than the Justice League. I, I totally agree. Just I just don't want to marry the two where he is purely upset that he, his character was cut and he's kind of taking revenge by yeah. trumping up all these charges against yeah. Josh Whedon. I, I mean, there's other people that are complaining about Josh Whedon as well, So, yeah. I, which kind of gives more credibility yeah, to him, which absolutely. is why I still have respect for uh, Ray Fisher. And, you know, yeah. so, you know, I, yeah, just it just sucked that none of that was in the original cut. And yeah. I can see why, but it still sucks. Yeah, Cyborg is the reason that I kind of stuck with it because I was like, this is more interesting in a lot of ways because of what's unfolding story-wise. But yeah, unfortunately, it had to be four hours and two minutes long, but... There's no reason for this movie to be four hours either. I think people who grew up uh, like seeing the original Superman in the movie theater, yeah, like that had such an impact on my life that like it's the, my first movie memory. I can tell you exactly what movie I was. It was 1977, like, like is when it first came out, I believe. 78. 78. Like I I was three at the time, but I remember seeing it in the movie theater, like three years old. I remember my parents gave me a choice of seeing Mary Poppins or, (laughs) or, or Superman again. So apparently there was another time I saw it that I don't have a memory of. Yeah. But I remember this one. And so just I, I I even remember my dad taking me to see Superman four. I don't remember seeing Superman two or three in the movie theater. I remember one and four. It's weird. I remember the movie theaters I was at, and what that did was it it. it I I don't know how to put it into words. Anytime I see superheroes on screen after that, it's just a joy to watch. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard for me not like it really has to be really bad for me not to like it like i'm so, talking steel bad <laughs> so <laughs> or kazam bad kazam is that a movie no oh no. Well, that is a movie but, yeah but, no not shazam <laughs> no kazam, kazam. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so <laughs> i i'm similar my first movie you're not was, similar you hated this movie <laughs> i'm similar in my very first movie when i was 
three or four uh, was Batman. That was the first movie I saw the in the 89? theater. Batman 89. That makes sense. Saw that in the theater, and I liked it. That's my first movie memory. I remember distinctly the uh, I'm Batman moment. Um, however... And I like from then. I've always dug superheroes. I followed them my whole time, and I'm more of a DC guy than I am a Marvel guy. Even though the Marvel movies are considerably better, and, and kind of have been for a long time now, um, but that doesn't change the fact that, like, even though I get activated every time I see, like, uh, if Zack Snyder makes a sequel to this, I will see it because I'm activated by seeing superheroes on screen. That doesn't exempt them from valid criticism which I think this oh, film I I, absolutely I, has I even though it's a, a movement that fandom created that's kind of interesting and hasn't really been done outside of you know when Richard Donner had the exact same thing happen 20 years ago with the Donner cut of Superman 2 I think it's more of a, more of like I can forgive the mistakes and I'm just thankful that I'm getting a superhero movie on screen Fair so enough. you know what I'm saying so it's like I kind of forgive it but hey I, I enjoy you know healthy banter like this so I, you know, I yeah i yeah i i thought this was good i i honestly every time every single movie i've ever seen ever except for fast and the furious six i was like this could be shorter <laughs> but um <laughs> i'm gonna say this there were two things that made me so angry not angry but i was just like wow that it exists the beginning of the movie <laughs> is 20 minutes of slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Too. I like, I, did I text you about it? You texted me in real time. Because <laughs> I was like, this is 20 minutes long in slow motion. And I think all the music that he put, like uh, those scenes were fine, but they could have been at normal speed. Yeah. And it would have been more impactful. But the slow motion is for the music cues. And that's the second gripe. I think every single one of his recut songs are bad. I don't think any of the versions that he put over the ones that he hit that were in the previous cut yeah. were better in any way. And I especially agree. that weird scene with Aquaman. Yeah. And those women are singing whatever song that is. I was like what I, I, is I like happening? I like Nick Cave, like it's a good song, but that was not appropriate to this film well why were they singing it for so long like <laughs> like, like i'm fine if they're singing yeah but they're singing did you know you guys i feel like they throw in a lot of like gregorian chant not gregorian chant like it, <laughs> it, it, it kind of reminded me of the ending of the mist okay like that yeah. that kind of singing where mm -hmm. ah, like whatever yeah. like why are they putting that in there it kind of i, I I really like the score in this movie. I do want to say that that's one of my other positives for this. It's the songs that he puts in. Yeah, the songs. Yeah, are just, like, there's no reason for that. I want, but before we like get crazy, because I'm obsessed with the scene with the water, Aquaman. Because they're all singing. All those women are singing for some reason. I don't know what the words are. I don't know if it's a popular known song. Whatever. She she picks up Aquaman's sweatshirt. And yeah. stops singing, and they're still singing in the background. And he, she smells it, and then it's just her singing extra loud. So you, I, I, and then it cuts I, to Martha Kent. I I'm thought like, you were talking like about a, a different scene, but scene. that scene was really weird. I completely forgot about that. The random singers that were there, like, it, I want to know what Batman did during that scene. He was like, probably like, "Well, there's a snowstorm. My horse is tired, so I have to wait for this helicopter." <laughs> Do you think he was just looking at them, like, "Man, I hope they didn't hear that." I'm Batman. <laughs> I don't think he cares. 
What are they going to do? Say, uh, I'm rich. What do you want to do? You, you can't even afford food. The fish man has to come and bring you stuff. They'll start singing the Bruce Wayne's Batman to the next, like, traveler from Atlantis. <laughs> Let's talk about the epilogue. Oh, God. Okay, I good. Can. Like, like that, that actually was the biggest problem I had. Even Thank though God. Each, yeah. each oh, individual cutscene was cool. Just they were. It's just like thrown in there for the sake of being thrown in there. There was no. It's, it's there to choppy. be edgy too. Like Aquaman's dead. Mira's gonna uh, like avenge him. Avenge him. <laughs> uh, Harley Quinn's dead, and she wants Joker dead too for reasons. And Batman is like, I'm gonna set those reasons aside so we can team up. Hold on. Like, hmm. not only is it all these valid reasons. The ending that we got before the epilogue felt the so end and earned. So yeah, earned. Like I felt so gratified. I was like, I would, I would. As much as I don't like Zack Snyder, and as much as I thought this was going to be a pile of garbage, and even though Matt doesn't like it, I, it made me have faith that the next one that he, if he made another one or they made another one. I would be like, this could possibly be good. <laughs> like, and like, I love the Wonder Woman movie. If it if it was like even Aquaman level, I'd be happy. And then there's this epilogue, and it's half an hour long, and I'm like, oh my god, this is just why is this never ending? Why does this movie never end? <laughs> also, Martian Manhunter. That scene between Lois and <laughs> and uh, Martha was never intended to have Martian Manhunter. When he comes out of the door, when she comes out of the door and turns into Martian Manhunter, it ruins everything that was just discussed in that scene. I ran upstairs to my parents and started <laughs> screaming. I was like. I'm just describing everything in the movie up to them, yeah. like like a psychopath. And I was like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "No." The, Superman's mom is like in this room, and she's like talking about her house is gone and the foreclosure. And she's like, "You need to be come back to the living." And then she turns into the Martian Manhunter. <laughs> it completely steals every dramatic beat for the Martha character in that film. So then we're not actually introduced to Martha until Superman's resurrected, and then on top of that. You have the character that has been established in the two previous movies, B- uh, Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman, as being there uh, when this Kryptonian battle is happening. Why, and doesn't, you can, yeah, why I, doesn't he? That's the problem I had. Why, why doesn't he interact? And if, okay, so, of fire. <laughs> so what if he doesn't interact there? By then, he's certainly agreed er, er, that with the world that Superman is necessary because he's uh, Lois's conscien- uh, conscience, conscience throughout Batman versus Superman. Why doesn't he show up in the Trinity scene at the end of Batman versus Superman? Why? He like, like he's wa- yeah fight. he's watching from above what's happening and narrating to the rest of the people in the White House what's going on during that battle. Why the hell doesn't he become the hero he needs to be? That was especially my... when he comes th- at the end of this one. Yeah, That's I agree. Fan service being yeah. fair, I agree. Batman, the Gotham City is across the street from uh, Metropolis, and Superman doesn't save Gotham City. This is it, this is. The same example of Zack Snyder just does things because they're cool. He doesn't think about what he's implying throughout the rest of the narratives. But there's there's so many examples of just you know things that were added later, you know, to kind of just help you know 
Yeah, it would be fine. Unheard of. I know. I agree, and that's why I let it go. It would be fine to do that. Yes, like they could have just put it at the end, like him when he shows up. It would be fine if they backpedaled and changed story, and it made sense within the narrative. Uh, A good example of this is Spider-Man in uh, Infinity War. The whole Spider-Man homecoming is him wanting to become an Avenger and then realizing at the end that that's not his actual desire. His desire, his true desire is to be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And that's immediately backpedaled in Infinity War when he becomes, now you're an Avenger. Um, However, it worked in the narrative of Infinity War that that would make sense uh, because he goes into the battle, he's thrust into the situation where he does need to be in a collaborative effort and suddenly he's an Avenger. It backpedals the previous film, but it still makes sense in the current film. This movie with Martian Manhunter doesn't make sense to the previous films and doesn't make sense in this film. Yeah, <sighs> Rage. Rage happened. I'm I mean, sorry. it's cool to have him in there. It's cool to see him. I love Martian Manhunter as yeah, a character. I think it was just poorly implemented. Oh my god. They, if they just had the one scene of him at the end, this is that would have been fine. Fans that should been not yeah. dictate narrative. Like, that should have been the end credit. They should have been had that as an end credit scene. None of that epilogue stuff. Yeah. Just end it where it should have ended and then just put that Martian Manhunter in. When fans dictate fine. narrative, you get stupid things like this you get the rise of skywalker you and that should not be how our (laughs) film industry works anymore you're this is a special circumstance matt special circumstance that he's done three times now because he did it in batman versus superman people responded to the end of man of steel about the whole uh the uh, whole superman not saving anybody in metropolis so then he was like well i'm gonna put batman on the street level in that scene and he actually is helping people superman isn't but somebody is and i don't know if that's him or if that's the studio being like you effed up it's possible to do this yeah, I, I I feel like that was like a fan response, especially since he wants you to heroify Batman as like the pillar of of heroism. I, I'm saying that I don't think because I don't think Zack Snyder cares either way. He just wants it to look cool, and I think that the studio interfered and was like, "You need to put something in here because yeah. people are furious." The epilogue scene is just scenes, scenes. plurals. <laughs> the flash forward thing. Like, it's an interesting concept that, like, that's an alternate reality or whatever in The Flash. Like, that's one that The Flash didn't save or something. Yeah. And maybe that's The Flash from the Batman vs. Superman movie. Whatever. But the Joker in that is so... One, I think his portrayal of the Joker is the worst one. Without question. Yeah. I think it's... His laugh is upsetting. He looks like an idiot. <laughs> like how he moves his mouth versus like, tattoos is, in this one. His though. facial tics that he's purposely and willfully giving that character still don't change the fact that he's playing the like a combination of Ace Ventura and the dude from Spring Breakers. <laughs> like that's why. Why is that a thing? Whatever you reference, Spring Breakers. That's, awesome. That's an accurate interpretation <laughs> of Jared Leto's Surprised Joker. Surprised you even saw Spring Breakers. The, I like Harmony. Uh, <laughs> and another girl. thing that brought me out is the clear, weird CGI. I don't even know if it's CGI or like they just face captured. I was like, when Martian Manhunter went at the end to talk to Bruce, like, who is that? <laughs> yeah, is he supposed to be green? Yeah, he was. No, 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 I think Martian he just had orange. Uh, I didn't know who Batman was. I'm oh. like, he kind of looks like Ben Affleck, but oh. 
That did not look like him at all. And then you could tell that they got either they paid uh, Ben to redub some lines and he didn't care. Or they hired somebody that sounded like him because it did not sound like him. And he was wait. All the other Batman and everything else's faces, like thick, uh, he's got a more full face. Yeah. And then in the flash forward scene, his face is clearly skinnier than the mask. Yeah. And then in the and then when the Martian Manhunter goes to visit him, he's got a skinny face and he's not like built either. I'm like, that's not that's not Ben Affleck. I. So I have a bit of a Ben Affleck problem with his DCU turn because he was the absolute highlight of Batman versus Superman for me. Even though that wasn't my interpretation of Batman, I think he gave the best screen Batman in one of the worst Batman movies that we had seen. That said, you could tell the moment that the meme, the sad Batman meme hit online and uh, he heard the reviews for Batman versus Superman, and the following week he started filming Zack Snyder's Justice League. His energy level for Zack Snyder's Justice League is way down from where he was in Batman versus Superman. By the time the Justice League scenes are in there, which are some of my favorite scenes in that movie, he is phoning it in. And in that last scene in this movie, which is the reshoot scene in the, the Snyder cut, he just doesn't care. He's just like, that's that's fine. him. He looks that's, so different. Yeah. It, well, he's not an alcoholic presently. That oh, was so part that's of why the he issue. looks way skinnier. Yeah, could be. So I'm like, that doesn't even look like him. Yeah. One thing I was really uh, like geeked out about was the bat tank. The bat tank oh, was a nice. cool. Oh shot. my god! I was like the bat tank. Yes, I, I will say that was another positive in this film is Batman um, separating himself from the other Justice Leaguers going into the final battle. Actually, set up a little bit of tension because he separates himself, goes into the dark, and then he's getting attacked by the Parademons. I was like, oh, what's going to happen? Is that the Snyder cut ending? Is Batman dies or something like well, that? Well, apparently he was supposed he to was, get killed. He was supposed to get killed. Yeah, because I'd heard that years ago. Uh, but then you have the. Uh, the Batmobile that I like the look of the Batmobile and that's in the you know Snyder I'm not cut. talking about that no yeah I I'm know. talking about the tank with the with the yeah, bat, no but like mask in the front from yeah. Dark Knight Returns yeah no in the yeah I did like that as well in that montage bit but um I liked when he ejected himself in that last fight out that yeah <laughs> the seat the chairs like a rocket he's just like ah. <laughs> and I'm like it's like I'm from Die Hard Die Hard too yeah that. and then these grapple hooks I'm like. This is the stupidest thing ever, but he somehow makes it look like not stupid at all. Yeah. Like Batman's pretty cool. I love Batman. So I love his what, what, look of Batman. What's your take on the removal of the? I know you you had mentioned this in your review. The removal of the family, the, the thought, Russian family. I mean, it, it makes more sense in this that they don't exist yeah, because, I agree. especially when they said this entire area is radioactive. Yeah, yeah but it would have added to your theories yeah. on saving people. And I got that with the save one moment. It, the, like They're there because I feel like Whedon felt that they, they're heroes. They should be saving people and saving this like root colony taking over is different. Uh, like you need some more drama in there so that like maybe real people can actually die. And there's more in the theater cut. They, they didn't have a reason for Superman and the Flash to be there because if they were both there, then the fight would end the way you Yeah, yeah. In this one, there's so many more different levels that, yeah. like, if that family was there, like, they utilize all the characters at that point. Yeah. To the potential they were trying to do. I agree. Superman shows up. 
Yeah. And I, I think the Russian family just felt forced in and it was obvious that that was reshoot material. Um, so I, I, even in my review back then, uh, uh, it's what that was not one of the positives I said about the movie. To be clear, I thought that movie was only passable. I didn't think it was like a work of art by any means. No, I, I think it's that. passable and I think it's a better interpretation of these characters than any of the films that had come before with the sole exception of Wonder Woman. Um, the one thing that's similar to the the people that didn't exist <laughs> in this movie, I miss the Superman, him being more Fluffy. upbeat. Yeah. You know? I wish that, because he doesn't really say much when he comes back, and then he... Like when he goes to help Cyborg, he doesn't like. He's uh, he the same like, character from Man of Steel again. Yeah, it doesn't feel like he learned anything from because he's special. Because when he's talking to Lois, he's like, "I got to suck a chance." Yeah, and like you think he would be a little more like you know. Whatever. And I love that he loved life in in the the theatrical cut. I love the, the truth. Well, I'm a big fan of truth, but I'm also a big fan of justice. And like that hokey line with the punch, like that was fun. That was a good reintroduction to his character as Superman. And then I loved when he and Cyborg are teaming up and he's like, I don't want to die again. The explosion happens and he's like, oh, I'm just kidding. I want to die. Like that, that part was funny. I like that. That was a good moment that he and Cyborg shared. I wish that was in this uh, yeah, movie as well. Yeah, I wish there was a little more Character. humanity to yeah. Superman. But... I don't know because we don't know what they're going to do if they even do a sequel to this and if they're going to what I they're trying to do with Superman. It. I highly if doubt this it. makes the reason that this is even made is because of the deal with AT&T buying. Yeah. yeah. So if this does well, they got a few pretty okay number of numbers from watching this. They might be able they to do it the internet. an animated <laughs> sequel like uh I don't imagine that we're going to get a live action sequel cuz I don't think Ben Affleck's going to do anything besides that Flashpoint movie and he rewrote uh, he worked into his contract that he gets final approval over the script of that. That tells me he's going to die and they're going to replace him with somebody else or Pattinson forevermore. I do not Batman. think Pattinson that movie is going to exist in its own universe. I think that they the Flashpoint is going to tie in all of the universes, yeah, whether we like them or not. Yeah, but it's not going to be... there. He's, that Batman is not going to drag into the DCU. If I highly doubt Batman's it. Dad, I could be wrong, but... Yeah. I want him to be cast as the guy who played the comedian and Yeah, it, I agree. And that's who played him in Batman versus Superman. So I want to see that continue. I don't foresee that it will, but I want that. Um, anyway. Okay, so before we go on to the segments... Anybody have any final thoughts about anything? Um, no, I just I was just thoroughly entertained by this movie. I, like the the runtime didn't bother me. No. It, I I mean, you rat home so you can hit pause. You can do what you need to do. So the, the best way to see any me. movie, <laughs> I will say, interrupt that the it, film. The way that it's split up makes it very easy to be able to come back to it it is necessary I for a movie this long that they would have made it so you could pick like instead like of chapters just, yeah be like, like part one part two part yeah. three i um, but whatever comparing this to other movies that are four hours long i like return of the king i've never once complained about the runtime of that film well, that movie had like, five endings. And uh, that's not a complaint <laughs> well, I had. really good ending and it makes you mad that you have to watch yeah, the garbage. <laughs> if you're going to complain about endings, uh, 
Return of the King does not feel four hours and 20 minutes in its extended cut. This movie that's four hours and two minutes feels like it's 17 hours and I wanted to die. Not to me. This is the comparison that I made between the theatrical cut and this is they are essentially the same movie. The tone is just different. And you get that same exact thing since we're talking about Lord of the Rings. With the Hobbits. The theatrical cut is the theatrical cuts of each of the individual Hobbit movies. And the extended cuts, uh, or the Zack Snyder cut, is feels like the extended cuts of those Hobbit movies. All of which I've watched. And with the exception of an un, uh, unexpected journey, the Battle of the Five Armies and Desolation of Smaug are both overlong, overbloated as is, but when, uh, and they're problematic as is, but when you throw in these extra things that flesh out character and story, yeah, story and character fleshed out, the movie makes more cohesive sense, but it feels like worse of a movie, a far worse experience than the theatrical cuts of both of those films. And the third one, Battle of the Five Armies, added in a whole bunch of digital blood to make it R-rated, just like this one, for no reason. Well, this movie would have been 45 minutes shorter if it didn't have as much slow motion. Yes. And <laughs> if they didn't have, like, a music video every time a song came on. Like, honestly, yeah. like, genuinely, the music and the slow motion is what makes this the how long as it is. It's like that for every one of his movies that has a lot of slow motion. It's It, it adds so much time to it that it's like, I'm if this was three and a half, it is three and a half if you don't watch the epilogue. Yeah. But if it's like three, if you cut out some just like weird little thing, like clearly if they had like an editor that was only allowed to be like, if you cut this little bit out, it makes the runtime shorter. But it is, it's literally just kind of like scene fluffery. Yeah. It doesn't, it's, you're not cutting story bit, you're not cutting anything out. Like this would just make it flow better. I think that this would be, I think I, I, I'm never going to watch this again no. because it, it's just too long. But yeah. I, it's not like I don't like it. It's just like I don't have the energy to sit there and watch it for four hours. But I still say it's, you know, not bad at all. <laughs> anyway. You're right. Let's do it. Let's all do right. it. Let's hear. Would this movie be better with Michael Sarah? The yes. answer is yes. 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 Who would you have? Who would you have Michael Sarah replace? Joker. You want him to be the he, Joker? Yeah, he's the Joker at the end of the movie. Because he's not the same Joker from Suicide Squad. He doesn't have the, the tats. Joker. Just straight up, he should be the Joker. And I want to see Michael Sarah's interpretation of that. <laughs> Probably be better, honestly. <laughs> I know, right? It'd be... That's my... Do my you have pick. one, Brad? Yeah, I think it would have been great is if uh, Deathstroke goes onto the oh boat and he takes off his helmet and it's Michael Sarah <laughs> With the mohawk. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's pretty good, too. But mine is going to be... I want him to be what Martian Manhunter looks like. <laughs> he transforms. <laughs> he transforms into, into Michael, Michael Sarah. So he's like, this is my true form. He's got that sweet coat on. Beautiful. He's got that nice cape, and it's just Michael Sarah, Sarah. with that pedophile mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah. I think that would be the best way. The molestache. <laughs> or you could just replace it with Jesse Eisenberg, and everybody would be like, huh? Oh, the <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg scene was bad in the theatrical cut. It was worse than this because now he's outing Batman balls anyway yeah he's just like mysterio <laughs> um all good choices i yeah. think especially the one i said <laughs> <laughs> um who's your um mvp most valuable player cyborg without question cyborg is the only reason to watch this movie only reason uh my mvp 
I, I have to agree with Matt, with Hemke. I mean, I think it's the obvious choice, C- Cyborg. Cyborg? Yes. My MVP is um, Steppenwolf. <laughs> yeah, no. Because <laughs> he doesn't look as bad as he did before. He looks screen accurate, or comics accurate in the previous one. He looks less ugly. He's still ugly, but he looks less like an orc from Lord of the Rings and more of like an armored orc from Lord of the Rings. So he's <sighs> a little better. And he just really puts the effort into this. No. I believe that he wasn't the big bad and he was like, I have to do this. Like, I thought his arc in this was like, my goals are to achieve whatever. He was Ronan the Accuser. Fine with that. <laughs> no. Of all the things in these movies that changed, him is the most changed for a better. I agree, Matt. I might totally disagree. You I think I that he was better than the original cut? I don't I think he was consistent between the cuts. There was no change. It, he was in more scenes and you got to hear what he had to say more, but it didn't change his motivations or anything really. Well, I, I, yeah, his motivation, huge motivation me, change. I thought his motivations were the same. I just thought that the fact that you got to see why he was doing yes, it. Yes, that's than, what I'm more I meant. More yeah. than I have to get these for a reason. Yeah, they get, he, there was more at stake for him, I think, in this version yeah, than there was in the original. Or at least him. it made it more clear and obvious yeah, as I mean, opposed to the first one. You have a, a fearful villain who doesn't want to die at the hands of the true big bad, which is the only... Change. No, he, well, he wanted redemption. Wants to go home. Yeah. yeah, he wanted yeah. redemption by and and I love how they added in the whole anti-life equation. Like I love that. Like it just oh, it was great. I loved it. I'm sorry. A quick question about the anti-life equation. It's on Earth. As it always was on Earth, or was it like that thing that got scrawled in the ground? Is that the equation? I think that's what it was. It was always on Earth. I thought. Yeah. I, I, well, I don't know. They, they, they found it inscribed yeah. on the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought, cause I thought that was like a weird teleporter thing that made it so that when he hit the ground, when he hit the ground, I thought he was making like a sigil or something, but. Well, I think it's a little bit of both, like because the the Omega sign, and that's oh, and I, I love how he did the um, the Omega beams coming yeah, out of his yeah. eyes. I mean, that was he that, underwater when he did that too. What was that when he was killing that Atlantean? I, I don't remember exactly when it was, but he used it, and it was awesome. Yeah, like like thanks for putting that in there. I don't like. I don't know how you would make him look bit more real, I guess, but I don't really like how he looks in this movie. Steppenwolf or, uh, or Dark Side. Dark Side. Well, he doesn't have. He's he's not as purple and gray as he is. I, I think they didn't want him to look like Thanos. As yeah, much. that actually that could be true. But I thought, I don't know, something about. I think it's his armor, or is is he wearing armor? Is he is. Like, oh, it's a no. I think he's shirtless and he has like a like a kilt type of situation okay, going he has on. Like that but he has the the face mask that which is the iconic look of of Dark Side. Yeah, but I, I, I found the CGI to be much better in this version. I would like, hope. <laughs> yeah, like I like when I was looking at the original, yes, this looked like uh, a computer game yeah. graphics. And I was like, just, oh, my God. that Like, why can't they match Marvel when it comes to CGI? And then this one, I, I, I wasn't as taken out of the, of the visual experience. Yeah, like I believed that there wasn't very many times where I was like, this feels a little... Fakey. It's yeah. like a lot of it's, you know, green screen or whatever, but yeah. Like, I believe that Steppenwolf, Steppenwolf was, it didn't make me go, this is a fake computer person. And the, like, it just made me go, this is a monster. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I think some of the, yeah, maybe if he dark side comes with like clothes on or something and makes him a little more whatever, I think that'd be better. I also think that I don't really like cyborgs design in this. I wish it was a little more. It's, it's clearly it ties into what the mother box and like the technology of that planet has. But I think that it, I wish he could like configure himself to be more sleek yeah. instead of like jaggedy. I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, what the heck's his name? Steppenwolf. My favorite character in this movie. Not to say that, like I like Cyborg and I like Wonder Woman always, but like I just thought he had the best re-representation. Even though Matt thinks he didn't change. No. Much. I, I don't like I, I didn't Okay, Mr. Kristen Wiig is my favorite character. <laughs> she I I stand by what I said last time. The the uh the in Wonder Woman the three best characters and the three worst <laughs> characters are the same three characters. <laughs> um least favorite character, Brad, you can go first. Uh, oh god. Uh least favorite character uh least favorite character. If you don't know if Matt has one, Matt can go first. But. Yeah, do you, yeah, go first. Let me. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Aquaman just because he had the least amount to do, and that's consistent between the two cuts. He was kind of just there both times. Like they did nothing to work him into the story either time, um, and the only meaningful scenes he has in this movie are with like Volko and with Mara setting up payoffs in a different movie that have no culmination in this film and he has zero character arc in this film those scenes are nice but as we already saw with Aquaman the movie you didn't even need those scenes in that movie to make those scenes pay off so yeah he was just kind of a brawler in this one yeah and so he's just my man the whole time and that's it he is my man. <laughs> <laughs> and it has nothing to do with performance. He was fine. Like, it, it, this is just purely the uh, authors had no idea what to do with this. This performance to his movie is crazy to me. Yeah, it's kind of weird. In his movie, I'm like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. And this, I'm like, he's just kind of there. But yeah. The, and this or the theatrical cut, because it's not that much difference. Yeah. His scenes were basically the same. Yeah. All right, I think I have my least favorite character, and Matt, I think because you just mentioned it, it probably sparked my memory. It's a character that I really liked in the original Aquaman, in the Aquaman movie, but uh, not so much in this one, and that's Mira. Like, I was hoping to get a little bit more from her. Not that she was that pivotal in the original, but I don't know, it just didn't do anything for me. That one thing that she did that I loved more than anything in this movie was... She sucked all the water out of the space. Yeah, when, that uh, was cool. When uh, yeah. Steppenwolf was attacking her, and then she started like sucking the water out of his face, yeah. and it was like pulling his like blood. I'm like, that's a sweet move to use yeah. on somebody. Like, she was awesome in her in in the Aquaman movie, and I thought she was fine here. I see what you're saying, but like the movie, I, didn't I think care more about the, her. The, that's why. Like the, yeah. because I liked her so much, I kind of felt a little let down. Yeah, she's kind of like a nothing. Yeah. I thought she was well realized from the comics as well. Like she, uh, th- th- if you read any of the comic books with her in it, they uh, get her on the screen pretty much perfectly. Not only looks, but in terms of uh, how her character acts and speaks and stuff like that, it all worked for me. The right, Mike, who's yours? So I have the obvious answer, which is the Joker. 
but I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say... It is the Joker, you're right. <laughs> I'm going to say The Flash because I still find him annoying. Yeah. And I think he had the good progression. He was on my contender list for, like, favorites, but his annoyance level at the beginning yeah, just made me go... I'm glad that you're like growing up, but if you have a solo movie and you act this way, I will not. They have to it made me go, I will not watch that movie because I don't like his portrayal. And he's like a good actor too. I like, I really liked him in Perks of Being a Wallflower, especially. He's good. When I heard he was cast as The Flash, I got excited. Uh, but after seeing the movie, both versions of the movie, like, why the hell didn't they just incorporate uh, Grant Gaston from uh, from the Flash TV show? He's just a perfect Flash. And that would have been a way to separate it from the Marvel movies way before by saying, hey, these TV shows that you watch and like actually do matter. Yeah. Whatever. I like that he <laughs> ice skates with his hands, though. That was like hockey I, I one of the things that I totally thought was a, a Joss thing was uh, how he runs stupid, and yeah. when I saw in this that he actually runs stupid in this, I was like, oh, that was that was part of the Snyder cut. Why? I bet he Why? runs like that because he's running like a speed skater. Maybe I don't know. It looks stupid, and I also hate that he was running and then saw it got scared from Superman's eye turn. This happens in both really, cuts yeah, of the movie. And he like twists his ankle and falls, and I was just like, I hate this both times. I'm not so much thinking that he got scared as opposed to just like in shock that he's can well, actually yeah, be, to be the seen yeah. by then, Superman. Like, this that that like, shot is awesome. Yeah. Of Superman, like that part is fine. Is I just it, uh, I think he got scared of him because he started turning at his him. head. Yeah, that was awesome, <laughs> and it's like he's just distracted. That is yeah. that is a great shot, followed by rapid stupidity. <laughs> well, he is very in slow mo. <laughs> yeah, he and he was in the like theatrical twice. cut too. Like that, it, this is just he, the the DCEU incarnation of this character is that he's a clumsy doofus. Well. We'll have to wait and see until his movie never comes out. <laughs> his movie better come out. It's by the guy, uh, the guy who did uh, the It Andrew movies. Muschetti, yeah, yeah. Is that how you pronounce his name? Muschetti. Yeah, um, and I like both I'm, It I'm movies. Totally so I'm on board. on board for that too. Like especially yeah. with everything that's brought up about who's going to be Keaton. in it. And, yeah, yeah. I'm down. Okay, I'm in board and on board. Um, you should because Flashpoint is a great story. It's a great comic. Great story. It's a great like. You should watch the animated story. I watched the animated. Oh, you did. I hated okay. the. That's the only reason I know. Well, it just gives you a yeah. background. Of course, you hated it, Matt. Well, the book is so good, <laughs> and the movie is weird. You know, I don't read. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, off topic. Well, would you recommend this, or would you burn it on leave? I would burn it to the ground. Nice. And I would resurrect Matt's burning down. And, and put a big sign and say, "Come as here, Superman!" In this movie, come here, watch me. <laughs> It'd be just as soulless as Superman in this movie. <laughs> I would say, watch it. I would say, watch it if you have HBO. <laughs> I will say this too. I I like. I have. I'm conflicted here because I did just condemn fan movements. Uh, dictating art. However, I do think that this is kind of a weird circumstance, kind of like the Donner cut, like where <laughs> where uh, the, this movement does have a kind of meaning and is a, a genuine catharsis for Zack Snyder for the cast and crew who had been mistreated during the Justice League, uh, allegedly, and who for the, the fans who expected more. And I think. 
that the fact that Zack Snyder telegraphed for three years every single thing that was going to happen in this movie, and then they did. They were like, it's the exact movie I wanted. But also in doing that, you kind of already are up front with the film's flaws, and so those people are willing to look past them. The fact that some fans are saying this is a stand shoulder to shoulder with The Dark Knight and is better than Wonder Woman. I disagree and stuff. with that. I'm like, I that's disagree with that. Lunacy. Yeah. No, I, I would totally agree with that. Um, like, I, this movie has nowhere near the power of any of the other movies, and I think is only just minutely better than Suicide Squad. There are so many problems with it. Minutely better than? No. <laughs> I want to say. <laughs> After watching this, I also went, so this is what he got to do when he was able to make, like, an infinitely long movie and have everything he wanted in it. Would his Batman vs. Superman make more sense if he had everything he ever shot in it? Maybe. Well, the three-hour cut is better, but it's not much better. The the flaws of the movie are still there, and it doesn't change that people don't like the Martha scene. That's one of the scenes that I don't entirely dislike because I think it has. I think it's it's silly. It is the same as two kids fighting in the schoolyard, and like you have a blue sweater, I have a blue sweater. Let's be friends. <laughs> but uh, that's how they operate in this. But the meaning. Of the Martha, like, I think there is a deeper level. They just didn't necessarily hit the nail on the head with it. Well, whatever. Yeah. Uh, So we got two uh, recommends and one burn it down. Just burn it the fuck away. (laughs) I'm sorry. I I would go see it again if I saw it in, like, a theater, I guess. Me too. I I guess I would see it in IMAX. I would see it in IMAX just to see if his, like, they're tall people uh, (laughs) argument holds up. Let's go rent an IMAX theater. (laughs) Um. Last segment is plugs. If you have anything yeah. you want to share with people, I know Matt's got something. He's I do. On. I last time I teased that I was thinking about starting a YouTube uh, channel, and now I have. It's called State of Flux. Uh, you can check out my review for Tom and Jerry, uh, and my review for uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. I'm pronouncing that wrong, but I'm going to stick to my guns. That's a great movie. See it, and then my review for Justice League. Uh, which you have now heard as well, but nice. give me, <laughs> give me my uh, recognition. Where he has no like people with actual logic to counterpoint. <laughs> I think just I, kidding. I, I think I approach mine logically. And people, <laughs> he's got don't. a he's got a whiteboard. <laughs> he does. Do he a has whiteboard. a whiteboard. <laughs> so that was state of flux. That's great. State of flux. <laughs> Um, Brad, you got anything you want to plug? I actually do not. Uh, yes, I actually do have something to plug. Um, Go Islanders. All right. Sounds good to me. You're listening to this. so You know how to find it. Tell your friends. All right, everybody. Wait, I just want to thank you, Mike, for hosting, for having me on your podcast for the first time. I hope to be involved in many more. Yeah, I would like to be involved again. As long as I can keep coming down here, we can figure something out. We can definitely because, yeah, I think I think this is fun. I would like to just take this moment and say that we should do this for the Mortal Kombat 2021 release that's happening. In and what about King Kong vs. Godzilla? That's a movie that's also, it's also coming too soon for me to be able to come okay. and do it. But I would do Mortal Kombat if you both are involved. I'm involved. Definitely on board for that. All right. You heard it here, folks. We're doing Mortal Kombat. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Peace.